Warning, this is explicit content. There is talk of murder. There is trigger warnings for child death. And so please be aware if you continue onto this podcast, onto this episode, it is a true crime episode. Hey, it's Sydney. Hi, this is Chloe. And I'm Katrina. And this is Murder Obsessed. So today, Sydney is going to take us into the devious and twisted mind of who? Janine Jones. And they also called her the angel of death. She, uh, she's super freaky, guys. I almost stopped midway. The reason I picked her is because she was actually a nurse. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that. So, um... Janine Jones was born July 13th in 1950. She was adopted at birth by Dick and Gladys Jones, um, a San San Antonio couple who had actually adopted three other children. Um, And I couldn't find anything, you know, there was no trauma. These people seemed like decent human beings. I mean, I know we never know, but they adopted children, you know, they were good people um but uh as a child Janine kind of felt left out I don't know why um and she um since she didn't get the attention that she would have liked from her parents she would like fake sickness (coughs) excuse me and then because of that she got like sort of a reputation for lying um manipulating people and stuff like that and then after the death of her father, he died of cancer. And very close to then, to that, that happening, her younger brother also, I don't know what kind of accident he was in, but he died in an accident. Um, so, like, she got even worse with that reputation of just manipulation and stuff like that. Um, so she goes to mom and she's like, mom. I want to get married. And Gladys is like, yes. You're still in high school. It's it's not the time. Um these high schoolers, they think <laughs> they think they know everything. They think that everything is like right now or die, like everything's a end all. And they never realize until they're adults and they're looking at teenagers now and they're like, oh my God, y'all are so dramatic. I mean, I get it. Like I get like everything is life altering and life ending, but as a person who, you know, we're close so we can all agree has not made the best decisions in marriage until now. Tyler's wonderful, y'all. Um, I would say wait. Yeah, well, and I always tell my, I tell my students, I'm like, you guys don't realize that your brains do not stop developing until you're 25, which means at 17, you are not who you're going to end up being. Like, you're still going to change and like different things, want different things. Like my high schoolers, the things they want, they tell me that they want is a tattoo. I'm like, by the time you're old enough to actually get a tattoo, you will not want that. I promise you. Yeah, That's I got I one yet. I was 21 when I got my first tattoo. Um, no, I wasn't. How old were we, Katrina? 
well, I think I was like almost 19. So, so I was like 20. Yeah. Between 20 and 21. And I will forever regret having Carpe Diem tattooed on my body forever. Guys, I do not seize the day. I may have seized the day in my 20s, but now I do not. I freak out about the day and call my mom for positive affirmations. So Dude, the one I got with the one that I got at that same time, it is like my least favorite. Like I have 11. I love tattoos, but it is my least favorite. And I'm like, I look at it and I'm like, girl, you were dumb. You were freaking dumb. I mean, like, think it out, guys. I have a, I also have a light bulb on my hip that has no meaning, but still. Um, anyway, I think that point was, I think we got the point across, guys. Yeah. Um, definitely don't get married. Please don't get married. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Apparently, her mom, you know, talking to her about this just didn't stop her. She did, um, however, graduate high school. But then she married um, a man named Jimmy Delaney. Um, And Jimmy, though, was a high school dropout. Not that I'm judging, but. No. He was a high school. Yeah. Um, But after seven months of being married, Jimmy he left and he joined the Navy. The Navy. Um, and Janine had a lot of sexual affairs mm. while he was gone. I mean, she even bragged about her conquests. Um, and eventually Jimmy returned. And not so long after that, Janine gave birth to their first child, Richard. So I guess that, you know, they thought they could work it out when he came back. And they had the kid. Um, however... Very shortly after that, they divorced in June of 74. Um, they did reconcile and have another child <laughs> in July of 77, but ended up separating again. So, <clears throat> there's that. Um, Man. Janine actually started her, like, career. She was in a hospital beauty salon. But she was super attractive to attracted to the doctors. Like, who isn't? I mean, you know. But uh, she literally went to training to be a vocational nurse, which is the same thing as an LPN pretty much, um, just to be closer to the doctors. Um, her first job was at San Antonio's Methodist Hospital. But it ended when she was fired only eight months after she started because um, she would try to make decisions in areas where she wasn't authorized to. Um, uh, I don't know if that's, hey, what medication they're getting. Like, I know what an LPN scope of practice is, but, but it didn't go into a lot of details on what, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, they added in there, it was not only because she um, tried to make the decisions in areas she wasn't authorized to, but because she was rude to a patient, which really cracked me up. Like, I mean, not that it's okay to be rude to patients, but you're going to get fired for being rude to a patient. That it mattered so much that they had to put that in her story that she was also rude to a patient. How dare she? I feel like... We should know more about that because in the world of like parents, it's like, tell, like you can't just put that like was rude. Like yeah. you gotta put details because like 
how <laughs> everyone's like, rude for no reason or like what I mean like I get it patient is always right and you know people that go to be nurses obviously not Janine but need to be focused on that's why me and Tyler are so opposite like I'm always about loving everybody and giving everybody a chance and everybody deserves this and blah 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 but still there have been some patients that have really tried me and I've only been a nurse since 17 so and I probably was a little rude or matter of fact with some of them too. And I didn't lose my job. So sometimes you just have to be. Yeah. Anyway, um, what happened? Um, she did find employment again on October in 78. She, um, she started to work in the ICU of a Bexar. I think I'm saying that right. County Medical Center, and it was a pediatric unit. <clears throat> but um, she was like spending a lot more hours than required than were required for her on her shifts. Um, but she also was like disobeying orders. She would do what she thought was best for the child. She was skipping like mandatory classes, and. Um, she's making a lot of errors, like nursing errors. Like, so there's like, is it five? It's five or six. I can't remember. And that's terrible because I am a nurse, but six rights of medication, you know, like right patient, right time, right day, all this crap. Um, so she was even, that's a big thing in nursing. And she was even giving the wrong medicine to these pediatric patients. Aww. And she would have got fired, but the head nurse pat belko apparently was really fond of her um and that protection kind of made her even more it was like I can give it on yeah yeah um uh but anyway sorry so um there was a man james Robotham is what I'm going to say is his name um, and he began, became the director of that hospital in 81 and he really liked her he liked her passion for nursing and um, he um, actually approved her request to be put in charge of the patients who were very very sick oh and he thought that her involvement beyond the call of the duty um, to take care of dead children's bodies was very, very impressive. And, and he was so impressed by her that he wasn't even like shocked or like he wasn't worried when children started dying from like non-fatal conditions. And I guess even um, Janine's colleagues started ca calling the shift that she would work the death shift. But Belco and Robotham, however you say that, they didn't even, they were just like, oh, it's, it's fine. It's all good. Um, but then three infants died due to a drug overdose. And the hospital administration was like, okay, this is cause for concern. Um, but... Dr. Rob, 
<laughs> Boba. I, we're going to call him Dr. R because I'm really struggling with that name. So Dr. Uh. R puts in a request for a formal inquiry inquiry into um, Janine's behavior. But it gets turned down because there was some kind of fear of like negative publicity on the hospital. Um, so they decide, well, we'll just transfer her out of the pediatric ward. Um, she didn't like that. So she resigns from the, the hospital completely. Um, and then in 82, there's a doctor, Kathleen Holland, who's setting up like a pediatrics clinic in Texas. She hires Janine. Um, and she had actually, this doctor had actually done her three-year residency at Baxter, the, the hospital that Janine previously worked at. And she went ahead and hired her, even though she knew that there was an investigation. And Dr. R calls her and he's like, man, like, just, just, you know, watch out. You're hiring this woman. There's been some complaints. This has happened. She hires him anyway. She hires her anyway. So within the first few months of this clinic opening, as many as seven children suffered from unexplained seizures, but all recovered after receiving treatment at Sid Peterson Hospital, which is a hospital nearby. And like, to, like children, like all murder is awful all you know like it's awful to take someone's life but like I feel like it's an extra special evil yeah. to harm a child it's for just crazy that old people enabled her they just like were like mm, it's yeah, fine they did, they did um for sure and like for me kids old people because as a nurse I figured out that I don't like kids as much as I thought I did but I love old people and old people are, are are kind of in that same group you know when they're like they can't really take care of themselves anymore yeah, yeah. so kids and old people as a nurse and then just animals as a human being people who yeah. are mainly animals are just like a I don't know I it's it is it's a special group it's you know with kids you know it's innocent it's you know they're they rely on you for everything. And, and when it gets to, you know, the elderly and the bedridden and things like that, like you have all the power, you have mm -hmm. all the power as a care caretaker, as a, um, as their nurse, as their, um, whatever you are to them. And to like, take advantage of that. It's just, it's, I mean, like, I just can't even think of a word of how awful, like how sickening to take advantage of that and to hurt them. Right. No, it's gross. And it's even grosser when you are a healthcare professional, I think. Like, well, it's I like don't you know. signed up for that. Like, yeah. you yeah. signed up when you went in, you knew that there were going to be things like that. You know, it's just like when you become a mom, like you sign up for your kids are going to drive you nuts. And if yeah. you can't handle that, then you can't be a mom. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that these people are just kind of letting stuff like, oh, well, you know, this could happen. This could happen. This could happen. Um, didn't make it any better. So um, after those seven children, um, eyebrows were kind of raised at this hospital. Um, 
but Dr. Holland was a specialist. So she kind of just thought, well, I'm just getting the worst cases because I am a specialist. And then the death of Chelsea McLean, McClelland. I'm really sorry if I'm butchering that name. Um, she died while being shifted to another, another facility from Holland's Hospital. That kind of changed things. Um, it devastated Dr. Holland, so she decided to kind of start investigating. And um, a medical committee even asked Dr. Holland about her use of this muscle relaxant that had, I can't say the words or I would tell, I can, and I know meds, but I really don't know this. So I'm not even going to try. It is a muscle relaxant, but it, it had already, I guess, shown to have potentially fatal like side effects if it was administered inappropriately so they're asking her about this you know like maybe this is not the med to use especially with children um but on September 27th during a stock check it was revealed that two bottles that looked full of this drug um Actually, one had pinprick holes in the stopper. So obviously it had been drawn out of. And then the other only contained saline. Um, and then there was actually supposed to be three bottles. And so one is completely missing. missing. Um, so, hey, all these drugs are gone. <laughs> or, or being used, you know, um, so she, I don't even really, there's so much information that you can't even really pinprick which, you know, which murder. Um, but there's obviously an unusually high rate of mortality in the children in all of Janine's care. She comes under investigation from this um, and from, you know, the medicines it doesn't matter. She continues to inject children under her care with chemicals that would in induce heart attacks and um, like severe hemorrhaging. Um, why? Like, what would like? Did, like, why did she do that? No clue. Like, you know, you find these. Oh, she was abused. She's this. She's that. I didn't find any head injuries. I didn't find any. Um, you know family abuse her husband wasn't abusive to her that I could find literally no, but I like she wasn't like I know like a lot of times um angel of deaths are people who um kill people who are like in pain or like I mean like, like a merciful thing yeah like like that's um mercy killing but it just seems like she was just killing to kill that's there's no there's no rhyme and reason to her killing I mean because these kids weren't sick um, yeah. when she was finally tried she was tried for killing like a four-week-old infant oh um, gosh oh that hurts yeah um and it was it was just during like a, a routine checkup so or I'm not really sure how confusing like yeah. the parents weren't like being like, "Hey, um, 
why did our you know like even in in the investigation and conviction of her I found nothing where the parents were like hey um the only thing um was that there were like eight total children who had developed like emergency problems and had to be sent out of that second clinic she was working at and then the fact that that 15 month old Chelsea McClellan um when they she had died under the care and I guess when all this starts happening they just are like you know what we're gonna we're gonna dig I guess they exhumed is that what you call it the body yeah and did a some more tests and it was determined that she had had an overdose from that muscle relaxant that the people had told Dr. Holland like hey this is you know and then that medicine had been found missing after that you know what I'm saying yeah so um and if it was my kid I would be storming the hospital or where the clinic I would be pulling up I don't I would probably burn it down yeah yeah she would not be killing any more babies because i know right would be in prison for murder um so this kind of makes her you know this starts the trial once they find all this she's she's you know they've pressed charges they're starting a trial and when that starts that's in february of 83 um so then they're like, oh, wait. And you go back to when she was at Bexar Hospital. And they realized that there was 47 suspicious child deaths in the four years that Janine was employed there. Oh, my gosh. So she is eventually convicted of the murder of the 15-month-old Chelsea McClellan. And she was also convicted of injuring seven others. I don't know why it switches back and forth. I guess when it says eight, then they're counting in Chelsea. Um, but from Dr. Holland's hospital, those seven that had to be transferred out um, and that they didn't die because they were transferred out. Thank God. Um, so in February of 84, she was sentenced to 99 years, which was the maximum possible apparently at that time. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then there was a second trial for the attempted murder of Rolando Jones. That was the four-week-old. So she was sentenced to 60 years for that to be sub- served, like, consecutively. Concurrently, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, but this is what really gets me. So the Bexar Hospital Administrators... They're embarrassed because they didn't catch on to this. I mean, they should be embarrassed. They should be ashamed. Like, they should be like, oh my God, how did we let a child killer just run rampant? Yeah. So what they do, though, is just a little, they shred hospital records, including documents that were under subpoena by the grand jury. Um, and that actually ended up sparing Janine any further prosecution. I don't think that that was their goal. No, it wasn't, but it was, it was self-preservation. It was trying to cover their own backside. Did they get in trouble for that? Um, I didn't read about it, but I'm sure once, if you destroy records that are subpoenaed by a judge, I'm sure 
that they um something has to happen but you want to know what probably happened what probably happened was the top told the bottom to shred stuff and they just followed orders and then the bottom people who actually did the shredding had to take take yeah got fired had to take all of the the legal repercussions but i guarantee you the fat cats at the top didn't get anything Mm -hmm. but that's for our other podcast (laughs) um she actually did come up for parole in 2017 which would have meant that she only served like a third of her sentence but um Apparently, there's a Texas law to reduce prison overcrowding, so that's why she came up for parole, but she was denied after protests by the families whose children had been killed um, and stuff like that. Right, so, so I mean, yeah, like, let's not, let's not let murderers out because the prisons are overcrowded. They're, they're oh. yeah, <laughs> sorry, other, other podcasts, other podcasts, but <laughs> seriously, Let's not let a child murder out because prisons are overpopulated. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so her scheduled release was in March of 18th, but it was also not possible because she was indicted on May 25th of 17th for killing five more children in 81. Like, I guess they backtracked while she was still in there. Good. And so, and it even gives me a bail that's set. It says that a bail set for each of those cases was set at $1 million. So she is still in jail and will remain there until each of the cases um, are, I don't, I guess, went over again because there's been so much more. Um, it's, but she keeps de- she keeps declining plea offers and plea deals and insists that she's not guilty of killing any children. They never are. Oh. Yes. Um, so she's a bad lady. Yeah. She was. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. They There were, like, you know, some confirmed victims, but it said that there was possibly over 60. That is so sad. I just, like my, like Anson, my 18-month-old just walked in the room and just looking at him and his profound cuteness, I'm like, how could someone hurt a baby? How could, like, right. and, um, and she yeah, actually- I feel bad when I punish my children, let alone, like, <laughs> kill them i yell at one and have to apologize she actually i did find too i should have put this in my notes um that in 2020 she did plead guilty finally to the murder of an 11 month old um and that murder was in 81 so as part of that plea deal four other charges were dropped and she was sentenced to life in prison now, she will be eligible for parole when she's around, like, 87, 88. I don't know. But I'm sure that it will be declined. Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. I'm trying to have some faith in the system. But, I you know. see, like, I, I hear other podcasts talk about that, too. They're like, you know, like, rehabilitation. Like, we have to believe in re- rehabilitation. And I understand that. I do. I mean, I'm a teacher. 
Okay. I understand that like people can change. You can teach them. They can do better, make better choices. But you want to know the truth of it? And this, once again, is probably for our other podcasts. I do not believe that prison rehabilitates murderers. I, I don't I think don't. prison does set up to rehabilitate murderers in the first place. Prison yeah, does set up for, to put people there until they're not there anymore. Yeah, and like, how, how do you rehabilitate someone and be like, okay, so... Here's a scenario. You're a nurse in a room and there's a kid. You know, option A, you you stick them with a muscle relaxer. Option B, you give them their prescri- prescribed dose. Like, obviously. I would be more, more, I would believe rehabilitation more if our prisons were set up for rehabilitation. Exactly. Like, what are they doing? What are they doing to really rehabilitate them? I, I don't know about murders. I don't know how I feel about it. And of course, my family was, was one that suffered from something like this. I don't know how how much faith I have. But or I don't know how a lot of prison stuff works. Prison things work. Stuffs. Oh my gosh. Did I sound more ignorant? Anyway, but are they having psychiatrists come in and mentally evaluate these people and see like root causes of why if they can figure out why they do the things they do, because giving them three meals a day and rec time and TV is not rehabilitation. See, this is what I see. I have a, a little, a tiny little bit of insight into the prison world because um, I have an in-law that has been in prison multiple times. There is no psychiatrist. There's, I mean, now granted, he's, he's not in there for murder. Um, and I'm not going to get into details because that's, you know, skeletons in the closet, but like, it's right, literally, right. Not it's, your skeleton. yeah, not my skeleton to air out, yeah. but literally it is a, a babysitting place for bad kids. You know, you go yep. in there because you broke the law, you do your time, you get out and it's like a lot of the times. Like he, he, like I said, he's been in there multiple times. So like, there's nothing set in place that can, that that's rehabilitating him. And inside prisons, like if you go in there for drugs, there's more drugs in the prison than there's outside. It's easier to get drugs in prison than it is outside of prison. And I'm literally saying this from like knowledge of, it actually happening this is not me saying like oh you know i've heard through the grapevine like no 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 like it's legit like what are they doing to rehabilitate these people now i know like there's probation and i know that um there's like halfway houses and there's places that help convicts get jobs like there's a lot of that but there's still like murder accidental murder, manslaughter, like things that are like a whole bunch of bad things happened and it ended up with someone getting killed is one thing, but like a serial killer who preyed on the innocent and preyed on the helpless and like killed multiple people and like was functioning enough to like get away with it for so long. Like what are they doing that's that's changing that to where we can put this person on probation and put them out into the world. 
believe once you go past a certain point in like in crime, you can't come back from it. Like no. taking a life, you can't come back from that. Yeah. Like That's it's my personal opinion. It like I understand like there are cases, you know, like someone drunk driving and they hit someone. Yeah. That's awful. They should be punished because they yeah. should not be drunk dr- drinking and driving. And because of that bad decision, they killed someone. But, but if they we have things in place. It wouldn't have happened. Exactly. But we do have things in place that help with alcohol abuse. And if they can get that person into that rehabilitation where they're, you know, they're working the steps, they're going to out um, AA, you know, they're doing those things, they're probably not going to get in a car and kill someone again. Mm-hmm. like we but have somebody like this person that is yeah like, literally just killing children yeah. i don't see rehabilitation for her i i know which i know it is like i said it it's it's honestly like case by case it's you know is a per like she didn't even plead guilty until just recently doing anything wrong yeah like she and i honestly think that she probably still doesn't believe she did anything wrong she pled guilty so she could have four other charges dropped because it was probably building up to a um a death penalty case yeah and i mean there was so much random information on her that i'm sure like i probably butchered that one but i mean she didn't she did not plead guilty till 2020 yeah this like the 80s yeah and yeah and it wasn't even guilty to all of them was it it was guilty to like a specific case yeah so like to me it's like that was like more of like a political kind of move and not like I feel bad I you know I want to repent for my wrongdoings it was I'll plead guilty to this and you drop the four other cases on I didn't even cover, guys. Her kids, um, very early on, she did send her kids to live with her mother. I had that written down, but I didn't even cover that because she had two kids, if you remember. Yeah. And it talked about how much she loved kids too, and I, I didn't throw that in there because I think that's BS. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Like it. It's it's one thing. Like, you know, if a kid's dying of cancer and every breath they take is just, you know, like that, that is still wrong, but like, I could almost see like a thought process behind that, but just killing kids, like, and, and giving them seizures and other things that probably affected them the rest of their lives. Like, I don't know if any of you guys have ever taken a muscle relaxer, but let me tell you, like it it cold cocks you. I took one one time, totally legally, but I <laughs> prescribed one. And let me tell you, I was unconscious and I was like 19 and I took a prescribed dose and it knocked me flat. I cannot imagine these poor babies. Ugh, this case makes me really angry. I just got like all hot and bothered and super angry because like you don't mess with kids you don't you don't I mean that's why like in prison child molesters and like people who have crimes against kids usually end up dead because even even the criminals aren't okay with hurting children like yeah 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Mine's currently running my toe over with a scooter. <laughs> Mine are locked out of my little hidey hole to talk to you fun people. Um, but I'm sure if they're I, out there doing damage. Well, see, Anson is, if I locked him out, he would be at the door screaming so loud that the neighbors would probably call the cops. <laughs> because he needs to have his mama in his eyesight at all times. All right, well, that was a very intense case. Um, next week, it's my turn, and um, I, I'm excited. I read a book about it. It is going to be about some murders during the civil rights era. Um, so we're gonna go back in time a little bit. Um, I'm excited about it. But this, yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be awful, but you know, we true yes. crime lovers. We love yeah. the awful, macabre, twisted. You know, we're murder obsessed. We are for sure. I don't know how none of the three of us, you know, ended up as a serial killer. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> it's well. I mean, it's. I don't know if you're listening. You understand. Like it's it's hard to explain why we love this type of thing, but we do, and it. I it don't just, love that people are getting murdered. It's no. not that look back on why that's always my question you know like when when you were talking about all of these things that she was doing I'm like why like why is she doing this like right even most serial killers even have a why whether it's twisted and messed up and like only makes sense to them like there's always right. something in their brain that's telling them why mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she just seemed that she just I don't know that was rough that was a rough one I got real upset <laughs> all right but I'm Katrina Sydney Chloe you <laughs> you're on mute girlfriend <laughs> sorry Lilo was being loud uh this is Chloe <laughs> <laughs> this has been murder upset stay listening Stay murder obsessed, but don't be like our chick here and be obsessed with murdering. And don't forget, don't forget, we have petty problems next week, guys. Yes, we have a new podcast that we are starting um, where all of these things that we, we need to like talk about that come up on our murder obsessed <laughs> that are more like first world problems, political, you know, not true crime really. Um, we're going to be talking about those so um look for petty people with petty problems and it is going to be coming up next week and our first topic is going to be um how COVID has changed everyone's lives it's like just made such an impact on people and the way that we live our lives so i'm sure that everyone's going to find things to relate to on that because we're all in this together but Stay tuned. We will be back next week with another Murder Obsessed and our new podcast, Petty People with Petty Problems. Bye. Later. Are you into fun, unique, and expressive earrings? Listen, I am utterly obsessed with this shop. Every time I look on their Etsy shop, there is something new. They not only have holiday themed earrings, but they also have LGBTQ 
witchy, career-themed, vintage, and so much more. Go check out their shop, locally owned by Maris, who is one cool chick. They are on Etsy as Anomaly 8 Designs. Go check out their shop, because you won't regret it.